Welcome back to the Pass Catcher Podcast, part of the Fast Break Podcast Network. I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick, now 4-1. Joining me, the top of our division, the top of the league, 4-1, points scored, Sammy. How are you doing? I can't complain, Aaron. It it feels good. It took me four weeks of hard work to come back from the hole that you put me in week one. Um, I've been digging and clawing and waiting for you to make a mistake, and you finally did. You've been scoring at a nice pace, but this week, Despite scoring, you know, 131, which is around the season average, it was just an insane week. And you scored the ninth most with Jesse not even starting a full lineup. So it's like a fall from grace uh, for a second and now due for a big bounce back game. And I'm looking forward to our matchup this week and we'll see what happens. Can I jump in one thing? So I lost to Dylan 143 to 131. I don't remember the exact yardage of the play, but you know that Tyler Lockett pass interference? Mm-hmm. I think if he catches that, first of all, I think that's a touchdown if it's not the pass interference. And I think if he gets that, I think that would have been enough points for me to win, which is just like kind of like a bit of a sliding doors moment. Like that PI really affected the, like, I don't know exactly how long it actually would have been, but that could have like very long term season ramifications. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that that kind of thing happens. Like, Kyle Loggins had a ton of long touchdowns this year. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, the difference between, because we have our matchup, had I won last week, uh, even if you beat me this week, we would have been still the same record. You still would have been first place. But at least I wouldn't be, like, another game back. You know what I'm saying? Like a fake game. What? Like a fake game back, yeah, like a, on tiebreaker. I mean, yeah, luckily for you, I mean, I take the t- – I, I, you know, I play you uh, this week, and so right when you lose our division lead, you have a chance to be in control of your own destiny to gain your right back. You don't have to worry about anything else, just how are you going to – how are you going to be doing this week? How am I going to be doing this week? And it's right there in front of you on your matchup, so. Well, time for the emotional hedging of the week. It's kind of out of my control. This week I am – forced to start uh right now it's jd mckissick and khalil herbert as my two running backs uh and zach Ertz as my tight end who i actually think could have a decent game that tampa bay pass defense is really bad and zach Ertz has been seeing a small bit of action already and now with dallas gathered out i actually think zach Ertz might become a usable tight end um but i think like any non-top tier tight end he needs a touchdown for him to actually be worthy of a play. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good old Zach Ertz revenge game. Kept the guy going into last year. And uh, now here he is back against me. What else is new? It feels like, yeah, I mean, we both have some uh, serious question marks on our teams this week. Just with the nature of Kyler Murray's shoulder injury, I'm hoping it's not as bad as it was last year, but it seems pretty similar. So we'll see what happens there. And, uh, Kyler's been a little underwhelming for the last three weeks, really. And it's just been the, the others on my team who have been stepping up. My running backs have just been scoring touchdowns at an insane rate. We're really my position players. And uh, we'll see if that can continue or not. And, I mean, just looking at our matchup, one of the things that stands out to me most is obviously the wide receiver battle. I, you have the four studs of Godwin, Lock, and McLaurin, and Deontay, and I have my three of Cup, Hill, and Adams. And Hill's health is in question. Um he didn't practice today, so we'll have to see what to do there. And if he doesn't practice, if he doesn't play, then we'll have to turn to my keeper, Julio Jones, to see what we can get. And so who's been we'll producing say, at such a high rate this season? 
yeah, he's definitely been playing. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so just because I'm going to put it out there because, you know, this is my seriously emotional hedging week. Sammy is, first of all, congratulations, Sammy. You're projected 165 points. Like, that is crazy good. So I just have to give you some credit for that. Uh, and I'm projected a meager 122. So the pressure's all on you this week, I'd say. I, I uh, you know, We've talked about I'm you don't... not sure how the pressure's on me when I'm the one projected to win. Well, if you lose, it's a bad look is all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting my hedging and don't worry, Sammy. The You know, the thing is, even if my guys are healthy, I don't know how much of it. Like, I guess if Kamara was playing and David Montgomery was playing, that's probably an extra 15 points projection-wise at least. So, like, I definitely feel a bit more confident. But just to just to give your team some credit, you've got some amazing, amazing matchups this week. Jonathan Taylor against Houston should be an amazing game script for him. Uh Cooper Cup against the Giants, he should have a great game. Najee against Seattle, like there's a lot of good matchups across the board for your team, and it's gonna be fun. Like, here's the thing: if I lose, I hope you set like a league record score. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're so annoyed at me right now. Okay, well, until Sammy returns, I'm gonna hit us with a trade alert. So there were two trades within the past couple days, or maybe it was just the past day or so. Uh, the first trade being Matthew. Uh, I think he texted Sammy saying something like, uh, I'm in or something like that. Uh, Matthew gave up his first round pick, Randall Cobb in the Ravens defense. And in return, Darone gives him his fourth, his ninth, Chris Carson and Michael Pittman Jr. What do you think of this trade overall, Sammy? I mean, like I had said to Matthew on the call yesterday, it's like, I, I I don't know what to make of this trade because does Chris Carson on Matthew's team? I guess, but I, like, I don't know if he just hasn't set his lineup. It seems like he has considering Pittman's in there. Carson's not in his starting lineup. And, and it's like, Chris Carson, how many question marks could there be around a player? If not, like, or who is there more question marks around? If not Chris Carson, I mean, it's it's you take Russell Wilson out of the equation and now all of a sudden they'll probably key in on the run. They're playing the Steelers this week, which is an awful matchup, but that is what it is. But moving forward, they're going to be winning less games, needing to play from behind more. And while I worry about locking the DK, at least they'll get probably more volume. It's like, I, I don't understand how when a first was traded for Saquon and, and like just looking at the other trades that have happened this year in our league, a first is not valued for Chris Carson. Like, it just isn't. A first and a second got Tyree Kill. There wasn't a first involved in a trade for Stefan Diggs. It was a third for Cooper Cub. It was a first for Saquon. I think technically like, a first. I think it was a future first in the Stefan Diggs trade, if I remember correctly. Okay, so a future first. Like even then, like it's. I don't. I didn't personally understand the value that Matthew was getting. However, with Matthew, things usually work out for him. So. Yeah, the good old-fashioned, if Matthew drafts them, they're either going to have a season-ending injury or they're going to be a top-tier player. It, yeah. It's it's classic. Sammy, uh, question. How many fancy points do you think Amari Cooper has scored this season? If you had to guess. Um, through five weeks, I'd say 
70 or 80. And what do you think about C.D. Lamb? Mm, like 50 or 60. And Dalton Schultz? Mm, 65. So your closest was C.D. Lamb. He scored exactly 60 points this week or this season. Dalton Schultz with 59 right behind him. And Amari Cooper, 68.3. I'm... And I think that's something worth keeping in mind with this trade. Like, it's not like Matthew is getting some absolute stud. Oh, wait, he didn't even get up, end up getting Amari Cooper. My bad. I don't know. I'm, I'm not my, sure what. I was thinking about my potential trade. That was my bad. Uh, for our listeners, I had almost made a similar trade where I'd give up, uh, what was it? Like a first full, and a random player for Carson Cooper. Pittman and like a mid-round pick, I think, was what it was. I didn't end up making that trade, so my whole point goes out the window. But going anyways back to it, I'm with you on Carson. Also, he has the neck injury, and that's definitely an extremely concerning injury for a running back. Like and he's a bat- an injury-prone guy. Like I don't – Matthew, the last thing Matthew needs is a guy who might not be able to play for him every week. Like – he doesn't have the depth to have guys that aren't going to be playing for him each and every week. I, I, I mean, I hope Matthew's not listening to this because I know he's going to get upset with me for saying this, but that's just my honest opinion. Like I, I usually try to give my honest opinion. And in this case, I think Matthew made a poor trade and we'll, we'll see. I, I, I think Jerome got in, getting a first round pick back was really good for him. And like last week, Matthew said he didn't want to go all in. And I said, he should, this is just not what I meant. So, Something on the ta- that was potentially on the table, and I want to ask you if this is if it's what more so what you meant by all in was Matthew and I almost made a trade where he would have gone Tyler Lockett for a first round pick, and uh, he also would have given up Tony Pollard. Is that more so what you mean by all in, or do you mean him going to someone like say uh jeremy and trying to find a way to get like antonio gibson like what for you what did you mean by all in for matthew i mean looking around the league i know i could tell you first of all that i would have given matt like matt didn't have any interest in trading with me but i would have given him one of my keeper caliber players for a first round pick i mean i'm willing to do that with anybody at any time and so how you could take that like maybe carson's at a similar level as those guys but i guess i've just always like calvin ridley and like Joe Mixon more, but like, I, I just think there's a world in which like two weeks from now, we I just have a different bit of a landscape in the league with Dylan and with Yoni and just the situations they're in. And I think the way that Dylan usually trades with Matt, like, or at least the talks, I feel like a first for Zeke isn't out of the question as something that could have occurred considering Dylan doesn't have a first, second or third. And it's just somebody like that, somebody where they're, they, they, that's just a difference maker, but instead it's like Chris Carson who right now is is projected 11.1 points, the same as Miles Gaskin. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not, like, I'm not thrilled with that move. I, he's projected for the rest of the season to be running back 18. That's a low-end running back, too. Uh, that's not what you ever want to draft in the first round. Like, like essentially, when you trade a first-round pick, it's like you're making a first-round pick. And he traded it for Chris Carson. And I, to me, it's not like Michael Pittman moves the needle enough to change like my opinion that that's pretty much what the trade was. So I don't know. Yeah, I was, so we've talked about this before I dropped Michael Pittman a couple weeks ago. Wasn't the greatest move by me. Cause he's now turned into 
I don't know if he's a week in week out starter, but he's definitely potential starter and especially a bot. He's a great bye week filling kind of guy. But at the same time, he has less fancy points this season than Dalton Schultz. Uh, just now that I mentioned that a while ago, he's not a top 20 ride receiver yet. He has a favorable matchup against Houston, but I feel like uh, Darone made a great move by selling high here on Michael Pittman personally. Uh, I'm not sure if Michael Pittman reaches a higher value. And I agree that it's not necessarily a needle pusher. A needle pusher would be someone, in my opinion, like honestly, Zeke was a great point because uh, it also provides him the depth who with we, we've talked about this before, but Matthew's bench is it's a bit different now, but it's still AJ Dillon, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Jamison Crowder, Tyler Boyd, Juju, who he's yet to put on the IR and Chris Carson, like outside of Carson and Boyd. And I don't even know if you can count Boyd. Is there really anyone you trust on that bench to play? Like if you need a bye week win, like a filling kind of guy, I mean, the rest of those guys are backups. The rest of those guys are backups or a jets receivers. So no, yeah, I completely agree with you. So I'm with you that I don't think Matthew for saying he was going all in necessarily made a winning move. Um, so I just had to throw that out there. Well, going back to our matchup, Aaron, um, and then I have something that I didn't mention to you before that I just thought of that I want to do, but, but going back to our matchup, who is somebody on your team that you like to boom this week and, and bust and uh, how are we feeling? Overall feeling of the team is, as I've mentioned, scared uh, and kind of got nothing to lose at this point. Um, my boom for the week, I think, is uh, Terry McLaurin. That Kansas City secondary is really poor. Uh, I think game script-wise, Washington's going to have to pass the ball a lot. And I think Terry McLaurin's just talented enough that even if he's kind of getting man like has one man on him and a different player in the secondary shadowing him i still think it's going to be a really great week for him um but like i said right now i'm starting jd mckissick and khalil herbert uh it's not a good look for the team right now so you could definitely say both of those guys bust um but if i had to choose someone like who i actually am worried about busting it's deontay johnson Last week, he ended up with 14 points, but he only had two targets. And yet, he's had double-digit targets every other week he's played, but it's concerning to me that he was only able to get two targets last week against Denver, who does have a much better secondary than Seattle does. But I still think for a guy like Deontay Johnson, there's no way he shouldn't be getting at least something like five or six targets a game if every other week he's gone double digits, you know? So I kind of feel like he's due for a bounce back game though, in that same like line of thinking. And I I know like you're doing this whole emotional hedge thing, which is fun for you and like whatever, but just looking at your team, you have better matchups than I do just across the board. I mean, I have a tough matchup for Waller. You have a tough matchup for Godwin. I guess the Eagles is considered a tough matchup, but other than that, we're talking about the giants for Stafford. Kansas City for McKissick, I can't think of a better impossible matchup for a week you have to play McKissick in a game that we're going to have to throw the ball 60 times. And I, I say we as the Washington football team. Khalil Herbert, I don't like. I don't know why he's predicting 9.2 necessarily. I guess like the Bears just don't really have anybody. 
but then Lockett, 30th ranked, Ertz, 27th, Deontay, 27th, and like Cowboys defense against New England. Like the Cowboys defense is not score 40, of course, but just some really, like, you should be very optimistic about your matchups this week, and I'm, I'm trembling. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think the reason, Sammy, why Khalil Herbert um, has a 9.2 projection was because he was able to get 18 carries last week against Las Vegas. Now, did they – I don't even remember. Did the Chicago win the game last week yeah. against Las Vegas? So that makes sense why I got 18 going up against – uh, Green Bay, it's definitely going to be a harder matchup, and he probably won't even see the starting lineup against Tampa Bay in two weeks. But if I hadn't picked him up, I think I was going to have to be starting backup Alex Collins, uh, who has potential to be a play because Chris Carson's dealing with neck issues, but otherwise he just has no real value. Um, we don't talk too much about waiver wire ads, Sammy, but two guys who were waiver wire ads, maybe not so much in our league, but just in general, two weeks ago, or I guess last week, were both Sam Darnold and Kirk Cousins. And they absolutely tanked last week. I think Sam Darnold had something like less than eight points, and Kirk Cousins had like 14 points. Is there any quarterbacks you think that are worth streaming this week that you have faith in? For people who might Taylor, be the streamer quarterback, yeah, Taylor Heineke. Uh, that's not me being biased. It's it goes back to the point that he's going to be throwing the ball sixty times against the thirty second best defense, which is another way to look at that is the worst defense in the NFL. I mean, just in terms of DVOA, which you know I love. You um, love the, DVOA. the Chiefs have the best offense and the worst defense, and so any given week, any given quarterback against that defense, and Heineke is frisky enough that you don't feel like he's going to turn the ball over four times. Uh, don't be surprised, like Aaron said, if. if you see McLaurin go off and McKissick. I like, I could be Gibson. The issue is with Gibson's injuries. They're not going to want to overuse him. So it really is. You have a nice, it, out of any week to have to play McKissick. I'm not trying to make it seem like McKissick's Alvin Kamara. Trust me. Like, I'm not trying to like emotionally hedge like you. But if there was ever a week to have to play J.D. McKissick, it's this week. I, and I think the whole offense could really see good days. Ricky Seals Jones in a revenge game. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say he's that great or anything, but I think you put up some points. And don't be surprised if Heineke, whether it's with his legs, mixing with his arms finds the end zone three times well that's what i was gonna say is okay before i get like yelled at by our listeners and especially by josh by no means is taylor heineke uh lamar jackson but we saw that lamar jackson a mobile quarterback was able to really tear into that kansas city defense earlier this season I mean, and josh allen like anybody who's and even i'm pretty sure like herbert had one of his better rushing games like that's just a really bad defense. Like it just from top to bottom. He's definitely someone, if you do daily like DFS, he's definitely a DFS kind of guy this week, in my opinion, Taylor Heineke. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your take on that. And also, do you believe in Sam Darnold at all still going forward? Do you mm, think last week? Was not a, at all. Did you believe that in him? We didn't really get to talk about last week. No, I don't no, believe in Sam Darnold. No belief. What about uh, Ryan Tannehill, who has now hit waivers in our league, who is projected to be a top 10-ish quarterback coming into the season? He's right now position ranked 21 in our league, averaging 19 points, where we have quarterback touchdowns as six points. Do you think it's that he just isn't there, or is it more so the fact that Julio and A.J. Brown have either been injured or just haven't played well in general? 
I think it's hard because in our league, there's nothing more important than touchdowns. And he's just not going to get many because every time they get to the red zone, Derrick Henry's going to score. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think – I don't think he's a viable fantasy option right now. Uh, I, I do agree as like, I guess, some potential just based on what he, like, was supposed to be. But it's like – it doesn't even feel like he's been that bad of a quarterback this year in, in actual football, and it just has translated to the fantasy football scene. And so I'm not sure why – I would necessarily project that to change anytime soon. Um, unfortunately for Tano, I mean, like he was highly touted in our like draft coming in. So hmm. I think he's where he belongs right now, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, one other crazy stat, and it's probably a big reason as to why Tannehill hasn't been as good uh, is because as of right now, I think Derek Henry is projected to, hit something like 400 I want to say it's like 80 carries on the season and like 2100 something yards like at this point it doesn't matter the game script anymore the uh Titans are just saying we're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and I think that's a, another big issue for uh Ryan Tannehill so that's just something else uh Sammy just want to check, are we doing Sammy's teaser of the week today or is it going to be later? No, I'm not allowed to put the Buccaneers in the teaser of the week, so it's not going to be today. Not going to be today. But you but you should go tease the Buccaneers, folks. Get Wait, the Sam, minus one against the Eagles. Also, we didn't even mention it. Who do you have as your boom and bust player this week? Um, I think for, for uh, bust... I would probably say Darren Waller or Kyler Murray because while they're while them two and Tyreek Hill are dealing with injuries, uh, Tyreek Hill plays Washington, and so if all three of those guys go, you know, banged up but playing through it because like NFL players are just some you know tough people, um, I would worry the most about Kyler against the Cleveland defense. Like Miles Garrett falling on top of your right shoulder when it's already injured just sounds you know, like painful to say the least, and then Darren Waller dealing with a knee injury been pretty bad lately new coach uh it's just a tough situation for him to succeed in in denver that's just never played like so i would say for sure there and then in terms of boom potential i would probably say i would say jonathan taylor like you mentioned it um against houston also you know how i feel about revenge games and uh jonathan taylor gets another stab at his former team so yeah am i missing something his former team? Aaron Sugar Nuggets. Oh. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Houston. Uh, I'm just going to quickly throw in something. Uh, we have another trade alert. Uh, so Josh, who we've talked about before, really struggling at the wide receiver position, made a really interesting move today. Uh, you liked it a lot more than I did. Uh, Josh gives away J.K. Dobbins, who is a IR stash. Allen Robinson, who's had a struggling season. Trey Sermon, who has not lived up to the hype at all. And his six-round pick. And in return from Fish, he gets Adam Thielen, Zach Moss, and your third-round pick. You seem to like this trade a lot more than I did, so why don't you talk us through it a bit? Well, I just think both teams kind of get what they would want out of it, just in the sense that Allen Robinson is like, like when I when we were when Jeremy and I made the Brandon Ayuk trade, the way I was talking about Brandon Ayuk about how he's going to be bad this year 
but has potential to be great. Allen Robinson is going to be bad this year and is great. And I know that sounds stupid, but we both know that this is going to, well, I guess I don't know for sure, but I have to imagine the way that this season's been going, he's finally going to be like, I'm done with Chicago and he'll get to go wherever he wants. Maybe it's the Ravens with Lamar looking improved. Who knows? It's too early to speculate that. But if he goes to the right situation, he has all the talent in the world and he'll like, he'll kind of be like the Matthew Stafford where it's like, he's finally in an offense he can succeed in and he'll become like, I think a lot more fantasy relevant. Um, And so I thought that was a smart move for fish. And then from Josh's perspective, he doesn't need Allen Robinson. who's going to be bad when it's not, it's going to be too big of a risk to keep Allen Robinson anyways, because of his other possible keepers. And while I'm not a huge Adam Thielen guy, I think he definitely has a much higher floor than Allen Robinson due to the touchdowns. Yeah, I'm with you that I like what Josh got out of it. Also to mention a third round pick. I think Josh had like no draft picks really anymore because I'm pretty sure he didn't have his first or second. So Josh getting a top three round pick, I think is just huge for him in general. Um, yeah, I mean, to me though, my it's like it was like two different trades in one because it's like, I don't, I don't think like for me personally, it's like, oh, because I'm getting the third and um, Allen Robinson, now I'll give you this or that. It's more like it's Allen Robinson for Adam Thielen and it's a third for J.K. Dobbins, which he's been trying to get for a long time. And so whether or not you value J.K. Dobbins as a third round pick, Josh does. And so he got what he wanted out of it. And I, I see why Fish would also uh, want what he got out of it as well. Yeah, um, that's fair. I, I'm still going to say I think Josh gets the better side of this trade, though. I texted you earlier. This is probably one like another pretty fair trade in this league that I've seen so far this season. Um, other than that, I don't think I've necessarily got anything else to cover. You got anything? No, I mean, congrats on the win this week. Are you talking to Amir right now? I'm just confused how you're giving me the win, Sammy. You're not allowed to emotionally hedge. That's my thing. I'm not emotionally hedging. It's just you have really good matchups. Sammy, congrats on the win this week and the 40-point projection lead. Yeah, it's as if I only projected 40. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Uh, Sammy, we did it again. That's two pods in a row. Reminder to check out the Twitter at Keep League. Go back and listen to any other podcast uh, you've let, yet to listen to. Uh, if you have any ideas for things you'd like to hear on the podcast or questions that you want us to give our fancy takes on, feel free to send us a DM on Twitter and we'll make sure to include it in the next episode. Otherwise, Sammy, do you got anything else to say? No. Well, then, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This has been The Pass Catcher.